0: Welcome to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church in Harvest, Alabama. We invite you into our sanctuary as we dive into God's Word with our pastor, Dr. Al Perringer. We have a great God who is our King, the King of everything that we are. We want to honor Him in our lives. We want to honor Him as a church, and we want to learn about that today. And so I'd like you to take your Bibles and turn to the, uh, Paul's epistle of 1 Corinthians. We'll look in chapter 12. Verses 1 through 11 here in uh, just a minute. You know, the past year and a half ha- has created all sorts of havoc for churches and for their ministries. Uh, and, and unfortunately, it also then has led to a form of apathy, where we, we've kind of just circled the wagons and we're trying to pr- preserve ourselves. We've, we've, we've become used to having to sequester ourselves from from the world and from one another. You know, we, we, we think that we need to protect ourselves and so we cloister ourselves in our own little worlds. And this has also kind of uh, shown itself in what I would say is that the, this idea that now churches have become places that are unimportant. Churches and, and being around God's people is something that can be thrown uh, on the, the back burner. Even though we've had no problem getting back into routines of all different sorts, we, we haven't gotten back in the swing of things within the church. You know, it, it's just strange. We've come to find out that sports and shopping and jobs and conferences are safe activities. But churches are now dens of disease and danger that are to be avoided at all costs you know what there's no doubt there are dangers in this world there's no doubt that viruses are real and it's very easy to get into a a mentality of maintenance rather than activity i know for me personally that's what happened the the past year and a half has completely messed with my mind i haven't been able to make decisions it's like can, can i do that no i can't should i should not what it's been so hard to, to, to get out of that mentality of, look, I just got, we just got to maintain. We just got to maintain. But here's the thing. Christ never called us to maintain. Christians aren't merely to maintain for long periods of time. Churches are never called to maintain for long periods of time. What our church is called to do. Churches are called to be the body of Christ. The church is called to be a gospel lighthouse. The church is called to storm the gates of hell. Now, I, I never want to minimize what's going on. I never want to minimize what's going on in the world. I never want to minimize wisdom. I never want to minimize safety. I, want to, I never want to minimize real health issues but I no longer am going to accept a spirit of fear for myself or for anybody else. Brothers and sisters, it is high time for the church to stop being terrified. We're the ones that are supposed to be going out doing the terrifying, terrifying the world system and its dark ruler with the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you know what? We can't do it sitting in our couches and our pews we are called to get off of our seats and to be active members of the body of christ serving god while we serve one another and we spread the good news that a savior has come he died he rose again and he is seated at the right hand of power it is no longer acceptable to merely maintain our lifestyle and retain our comfort it is time to retrain our thinking and attain to the status of soldiers of christ and go out and fight for the gospel that is our calling and so now harvest baptist church it is high time for us to move on and to move forward but it's going to entail everyone taking responsibility as the body of christ and over the next three Sundays, I want to talk about moving forward and getting ready to hit the ground running in 2022. This is hard to imagine. 2022 is only a couple weeks away, a couple months away. I mean, really, I don't know, eight weeks away or thereabouts. That's hard to believe. And today, I want to specifically talk about your gifting for ministry and using your gift for the ministry, what you are gifted to work. You know, because with everything that's gone on, it seemed like ministry has been, has been put on hold. I mean, the brakes have been put on, but you know what? It's time to take the foot off the brake and put the pedal to the metal and get moving and be the church as the Bible describes. But it's going to take everyone to step up and do their part. Everyone has a part to play. Because here's the thing, pastors are not able to fill every role. We're not called to fill every role. If you look at Acts chapter 6, the early church knew that church leadership needed to devote themselves to prayer and the word. And the church felt that what would be the most good for the church was for the leadership to devote themselves to the prayer and, and to prayer and to the word. And so the early church installed what we would probably call the first deacons to take care of the needs of the body of Christ but guess what deacons can't do it all either and so Ephesians chapter 4 says that God gave pastors and teachers to the church in order to equip the saints to do the ministry for the building up of the body did you you hear that teachers and pastors are given to equip the body to do the ministry and so that leads us to our text finally We get there. Because here we see that that Paul writes to the Corinthian church to help them understand that the Holy Spirit has empowered each and every one of them in a unique way for God's glory and for the church's benefit to build up the body. Everyone is gifted for ministry of some sort for the church's benefit. That means you are empowered with a gift for the ministry. And today I hope we learn about it. And I hope we, you know, get on the road to figuring out what it is that you're gifted for. Because you have been gifted. And then we can plug you into ministry. And so I want to read verses 1 through 11 in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you'll stand, in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. And this is what Paul wrote to them. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when... To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For no no one is given for to no one is given through the Spirit the uttermost uh, excuse me of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Let me pray. Our God in heaven, thank you that you are the one who equips. You are the one who works through us. And I pray that we are found faithful with the gift that you have given. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. A few quick things that I want to mention before, you know, I talk maybe about the gifts themselves. But the first thing I want to talk about is the condition needed for a gift. The condition needed for a gift. Paul says in verse 1, he doesn't want the Corinthian church to be ignorant about spiritual things, is really what it says. I know the ESV says spiritual gifts. I don't want you to be ignorant about the ways of the Spirit and what the Spirit does. Because he says, you, Corinthians, at one time, you were pagans. You were led by the spirit of the world. You used to follow these idols that are mute. They can't hear. They can't help. But now you have come to faith in Jesus Christ, and now you are under the guidance of new leadership, of a new spirit, the Holy Spirit. When you have the Holy Spirit... You are able to claim for yourself the truths about Jesus Christ. You wouldn't, if you had the Holy Spirit, you'd never say Jesus is accursed. You have the Holy Spirit, you believe that that Jesus is God. You're able to call him Lord, but you only get the Holy Spirit when you first understand that Christ is Lord. You see. That's the thing, that in in order for the Holy Spirit to indwell you, in order for you to be gifted for ministry, you first have to receive the gift of salvation. You receive that, that Christ died for you as your substitute, that he rose again, and that he's able to give you eternal life. And this is the difference between a spiritual gift and a talent, because lost people have talents. Some some are talented musicians, some are talented with numbers, some are talented with their hands. But spiritual gifts are these special endowments given by the Holy Spirit when you believe in Jesus Christ. When you come to faith in Jesus Christ, and and you notice that the, the triune God is at work here. Because he makes known that there is one Spirit. There is one Lord who is Jesus Christ and there is one God the Father and they together they decide they deem what gifts are necessary for the work of their church so that the body is served but our our God didn't give us these gifts so that we can try to use it on our own our God didn't give us these gifts so that we can use them for our own purposes so the second thing I want you to notice in the passage is the power given for a gift verses 6 and 11 tell us that God empowers the Christian to use their gift. That word empower, means to produce, it means to give the capability. It's really where we get the word energy from. God energizes us through the Holy Spirit to use our gift. But if we are not walking with the Spirit, if we are not staying close to God and, 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 and just walking with Him, we're walking without power and our gifts. We can't use our gifts as they're meant to be used. I mean, imagine that, that you, know, you you want to dry your hair and you have this hair dryer in your right hand and you're waving it all over the place because that's what hair dryers do. The hair dryer is a tool to dry your hair. But what if the, the hair dryer isn't plugged into the wall and there's no air blowing out of it? You're not plugged into the power. Your hair's going to stay wet. You're just doing a whole lot of motion for no reason, unless it's, unless it's a new, some sort of aerobics class, just, you know, wave, wave your hair dryer around or something. There's no power. You're not plugged in, into the power. So not only do we have a gift, we have a power. Now, there's many who try to use their talents and their gifts without the power, and, there's, and they're fruitless in what they do. You go through a lot of motions, but there's no lasting spiritual result. It's because you're not using the power. That's available to you. Of course, another problem that many churches, not here necessarily, but just many churches across the land run into, is that many church members are not converted. Now, normally, unconverted church members have no desire to serve anyway. But when they do serve, they're serving in the power of the flesh. They're, 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 they think they're, they're using their talents, but there's no fruit to be born. You know, and, and the problem with an unbeliever is they don't have the tool either they don't have the tool and they don't have the power it's like trying to cut down a tree but you don't have a saw so you're just gonna start pounding it with your fist the trees not gonna fall down and you're just gonna get hurt without Jesus Christ and him sending his spirit upon you you don't have the tool and you don't have the power so that's why there's a right order to these things you repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you're filled with the spirit and you rely on the spirit To use the gift that he has given you to empower you and then guess what you're able to minister in his name but i want you to notice a third thing in this passage the purpose stated for our gifts the purpose stated for our gift there there is an express purpose for the gifts that are given verse 7 tells us that the spirit manifests our gifts within us for the common good and it means the common good of the church I mean this is mentioned elsewhere Paul mentions it in Romans 12 Peter 1 Peter 4:10 says as each has received a gift use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace you've received a gift use it to serve one another it's for one another so each and every one of you, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, no matter your age, no matter no matter how you might think you're gifted, no matter how you, know, you think how intelligent you are or how, what you think about your abilities, you have been gifted by God through the Holy Spirit to serve the local church for the good of the church and for the good of the kingdom. That means youth. You have a gift to be used in the church. Senior adults, you have a gift to be used in the church. And whatever age category you throw yourself in, you have a gift to be used in the church. It's for the common good. It is for the church. It is for the kingdom. Now listen to me. You have not been given your gift so that you can get pats on the back and so that you can get a whole lot of attaboys. You are not given your gift to receive recognition. You were given your gift to serve. You were given your gift for the betterment of others. If you remember in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talked about prayer and giving and fasting. And, And he says, don't Pray, don't give, don't do fasting in in such a way that draws attention to yourself. Well, guess what? Neither do you serve in order to draw attention to yourself. You use your gift because God gave you that gift for the good of his church, for the good of his kingdom. Now, I want to change directions for a moment. And I want now to move on to talk about finding your gift. Finding your gift. You know, I, I've talked about having these gifts. And in, in here, Paul literally calls them grace gifts, charismata. You know, gifts that are freely given by God. You, you come to faith in Jesus Christ. He freely gives you this gift of, to be used in service. But here's the thing. You might not know what your gift is. You might not know how to use your gift and things like that now there's several ways to find your gift first and foremost you pray and you get into scripture and let the holy spirit lead you and guide you another way is to ask a mature christian what gifting do you see in my life what do you see how do you see god has has given me what has he given me you know how am i supposed to be used you know we mature christians you know who have who know you and who've seen your life they to be able to notice things like that. But another way uh, to kind of help you hone in on what how God has wired you is, you know, we call them spiritual gift tests. We call them spiritual gift assessments. And, and you, you've heard of them before, maybe. You've taken some before, maybe. But they're not perfect. But if you prayerfully do these things, the Holy Spirit will help guide you in the direction toward your gifting so you know how you're gifted. As you leave here today, if you haven't already picked one up because they're kind of sitting at the doors, there is a an assessment of some sort. Whether you're a visitor, whether you're a church member, whoever you are, I want you to take one of those. If we run out for some reason, there's there's a link uh, that's going to be on the website homepage to find it. Uh, I'm going to be sending out an email later with a link to find it, and. Unfortunately, I didn't find an online format that I liked, so it is paper and it's a PDF on, online. But the, the, the instructions are pretty self-explanatory. You answer the questions and you add some things up and your high score is an indica- indication of your gifting. But you need to prayerfully consider it. Again, things aren't perfect. Attached to the paper copies is another form that I would love for you to fill out with your name, list your top three giftings, List what your passions are for ministry. Because here's where the equipping comes in on my part. Ideally, I mean in an ideal world, and in an ideal church, what I would want to do is to take your gifting and take your passion, match it together, and fit you in a ministry within the church so you can use your gift. I'm going to talk about this in uh, two weeks from now. We're going to be creating ministry teams where, ideally, your gift and passion will be matched up, and you'll, you know, have you serve. We'll, we'll have you serve again. It, it's not perfect because there's some ministries that you know don't have a specific gifting necessarily, and I'll talk a little bit more about that. But that's the ideal that we work for. God has given you a gift. God has given you a passion. Let's put them together and see how you can use that within the church. Now you notice in in our passage, Paul makes it abundantly clear that not everybody has the same gifting. Everyone has different giftings. He talks about varieties of gifts, varieties of of activities, varieties of of service. You know, it's varieties. You know, some are gifted one way. Some are gifted another way. And there is not one gift that is better than another because every single gift is needed for the church to function like it should. And, and so now, yeah, Paul, he gives here examples of gifts, but this isn't an exhaustive list. And, and so, you, you know, you, you might not be gifted in these particular areas. He talks about it elsewhere in Ephesians 4. He talks about it in Romans 12 as well. And so, but your, this, these are just examples. Your, your gifting might be a little bit different. So, so when you take the spiritual gift assessment, there's no right or wrong answers. You know, you, you don't answer it like how you think you should. Right, you know, you, you go into life group or you go into Sunday school class, you want to get a right answer, you're like, Jesus, church, Bible, you know, okay, I got the right answer. One of those has got to be the right answer, right? I mean, there there is no right or wrong answer because there's no gifts that are better than any others. And so there's going to be the gifts that you score high on. Those are your giftings. That's the way God has wired you and has gifted you. And then you're going to have, there's going to be scores that are really low. And that's okay. That's expected. No one is gifted in everything because you can't do everything, That's that's not the way it works. And just because you score low on something doesn't mean like you completely lack that trait. It's just not your gifting for serving in the church. That's just, God has wired you differently, and so we wanna get you into where God has wired you. Right? I mean, that's ideal. For example, I mean, it had been a while since I had done an assessment and so I wanted to make sure, too, that I like this particular t- tool. So, you know, I filled out the assessment. And, and, you know, for some reason, people think that pastors should be gifted in everything. But we're not. We're just, we're just like you. I have, I have giftings that I scored high in, and I have giftings that I scored low in. And that's okay, because God wired me a certain way. So, like, my my first high score was teaching. My second high score was knowledge. My third high score was prophecy. Now, teaching is pretty self-explanatory. Knowledge is understanding and being able to organize biblical truths, at least the way, you know, we're kind of using the definition. Now, prophecy isn't predicting the future. I mean, it's not like I can stand up here and say, yeah, next week you're going to... That's not prophecy. Prophecy is proclamation. It's its proclaiming. It's speaking forth is really what the word means. So it's just speaking forth. So I, I, I teach and I understand. So I teach what I understand and then I proclaim it. And so I, I have a passion for the word of God and I have a passion for people to live by a biblical worldview. I want you to know a biblical worldview. I want you to live by a biblical worldview. So you take teaching and knowledge and prophecy, match it with Word of God and biblical worldview, and, well, I guess you get pastor. You get preaching. That's So here I am doing that. Now, one of my lowest scores, actually I think it was my lowest score, was mercy. Now, that doesn't mean I'm a selfish jerk, that I don't have, you know, that I don't have mercy <laughs> He has no mercy. You know, it's not like like I don't, I mean, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. You know, I always want to remember that. It's just that I'm not gifted in expressions of mercy. I am not the guy who is going to send you a warm, fuzzy, encouraging note. That's just not me. I don't send warm, fuzzy, I I don't, well, let's just be honest, I don't do anything warm and fuzzy. I'm just not warm, fuzzy. I am not the warm, fuzzy, emotional, touchy-feely kind of, you know, whatever. You know, it's just, I'm just not wired that way. I mean, if you get a note from me, I mean, remember, I have the gift of prophecy, and I might just tell you something you don't want to hear. (laughs) Because I'll keep saying, but the Bible says, but the Bible says, I mean, can you imagine getting a letter from someone that's gifted like me? You think your choice has made you a winner, but God's message to you is repent, you sinner. I mean, you know, that's the kind of. <laughs> there, there's a new hallmark line for you. <laughs> Gift of prophecy, hallmark line. I'm not the dude to, to, to write warm fuzzies. I, I am not the guy, if someone's been in the hospital, someone's sick, had surgery, whatever, I am not the guy to organize the, you know, get the, get the food to them kind of thing. It's not that I don't want to get food to those who are hurting. It's just I'm not gifted that way. I, I am gifted in teaching, knowledge, prophecy. But here's the thing. I'm not gifted like that but some of you are you're the ones that should be doing that you write the warm fuzzy letters encouraging notes you get these things organized I don't have the gift but you do we need people with those gifts to fulfill these ministries because all the gifts work in harmony together to make a holistic ministry that's a healthy, functioning church. Now, again, I want to emphasize there are some ministries within the church that do not necessarily have a gift connected to them, but they are vital to the rest of the ministries of this church. And so just because, you know, these ministries, we can't use the excuse, well, I don't have that, that gifting, to do some of these ministries because we just need volunteers and you're a blessing to other people when you volunteer in these ministries. So one example is nursery. No, the Bible doesn't talk about a spiritual gift of nursery. Anyone with any spiritual gift can serve in the nursery. You can you can love on children. And so I'm calling on each and every one of you no matter your gifting to help in the nursery. We love our children at this church and one way that we can convey our love for children, our love for our visitors, our love for our church community is to have a robust nursery ministry. We need six to eight people every week on Sunday mornings and at least two people on Wednesday nights so we can be a blessing. So that we can be a blessing to our church family, to visitors, to the community. So, so we can, hey, We love you, we love your children, we we love ministry. And so I need you, and when I say you, I mean you, to volunteer. Now, Now, parents, do not treat our nursery as a time to get away from the kids. You need to volunteer as well so you can be a blessing for others. Because guess what? If you all volunteered for nursery, we'd have maybe a three- or four-month rotation. You might need to do nursery three times a year, four times a year if everyone did it. So, so I want you to reach out to Chad, to Gina, to Sandy uh, today and get signed up for that. Another example is the greeter ministry. There is no spiritual gift of greeting. I know because of COVID, you know, we had to kind of get away from that. But, but in 2022, we want to get an army of people who will make visitors and members feel welcome. Hey, glad to see. You You don't have to shake hands. You don't even have to get near someone. You can open a door, say hi from a distance. You know, maybe help someone get to where they need to go if they don't know where they're going. I mean, yeah, there, there's no spiritual gift of greeting, but, but everyone here is capable of opening a door and saying hi. Glad to see you. It's really good to see you. Now, if you're a, a visitor, yeah, I want you to take the, this assessment. Because if God leads you here or God leads you elsewhere, you need to know how you're gifted so you can plug in and get plugged into the ministry that fits you. If you're connected to this church in any way, I want you to fill the assessment out. Fill out that paper on the back and put, there's going to be a box. You can email me your results. I just thought of this this morning. I'm, I'm going to create a Google form and you can do it online. I'm going to have links on the website and the newsletters and, and things. Like that, I want to know what you're gifted in, what your passion is, and see what we can do to plug you in. So we gotta close. Just a few things to consider. First, Christian, I mean, if you really if you don't know what your gifting is, come to the altar and pray that the Lord's through the Holy Spirit will give you wisdom about what you're gifted in. And if you know what you're gifted in, but you don't know the outlet to use your gift, come and pray that, you know, God will give you wisdom about the outlet. And yeah, you know, on, on the assessment thing that I, I want you to turn in, if you have a heart for a ministry that we, we've never had or, or whatever, write that down. I, I want to know. Um, I mean, over the past few weeks, the staff and I, it's like, oh, we can have this ministry team. We can have that ministry team. And you might think of a ministry team we haven't thought of. So come and pray about that. Another thing I want to mention is that if you've been visiting Harvest for a while, consider joining yourself to this body of believers and becoming a member. We're glad you're here. We're glad uh, to, that you're serving through us. We want you to commit yourself to this church and officially become, you know, part of the body here and serve God through through here, and we serve you as well. But maybe you, you haven't believed in in Christ. Maybe. Maybe everything I've said today just has completely gone over your head and, and you don't know Christ and you don't know if you're going to heaven and you don't know if you have eternal life. While we, we sing our invitation song, I'm going to be up here, you come up here and say, Al, I, I, I don't know Jesus. I don't know if I'm going to heaven. I will introduce you to my wonderful Savior. He's my king, as Anthony sang. He, he's my Lord. I mean, if, if, if it wasn't for Jesus... I definitely would be in a huge amount of trouble, y'all. I'm a sinner. Oh, am I a sinner. But thankfully, I have a wonderful Savior who saved me. He can save you as well. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at harvest-baptist.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also find info on our children's ministry on Facebook at Harvest Baptist Children's Ministry or on Instagram at KidsQuest underscore HBC. Our student ministries on Facebook at HBC Vertical Student Ministry and on Instagram at VSM underscore HBC. We welcome you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 8999 Waltre Highway in Harvest, Alabama. Thanks for listening. And God bless.